This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with The App Show. Mike Agarbo here with my good friend, John Beeler. We are Canada's number one mobile tech radio program, and we have a great program for you today. We'll uh, be chatting about all the latest Google announcements. Google had a big uh, developers conference called their Google I.O. Happens every May Kind of like one of those big Apple announcements, but more googly. We'll uh, tell you about some of the new phones, tablets, uh, and even special smart glasses uh, that uh, they're going to be coming out with. We'll also be talking about the Roger Shaw merger, and it looks like the Competition Bureau is looking to fully block it, saying that uh, it would hurt wireless com- com- competition here in uh, in the country. And the big crypto meltdown it has been a bloodbath this past week we'll uh, be talking about some of the details there uh let's uh, go into some of the uh, the mobile and app news john uh, are you still addicted to wordle yes i am you know what i've kind of fallen off the wagon there i um i haven't uh, been playing it as much as I, I should but now that i i've mentioned it i want to get uh, get on it again but uh as we had mentioned a few weeks back or months back uh, new york times purchased wordle and it looks like it's brought tens of millions of new users to the new york times itself that's pretty good so it was probably a pretty good investment on their part <laughs> There's been little bits of controversy, though, right? Because they've made a few little changes here and there, and that's upset the Wordle community. Well, it's interesting, just this past week, with all the abortion issues in the States right now, one of the words this week was fetus. That in the morning, if you played Wordle, that's the word you got. By the afternoon, if you played Wordle, Word was replaced with something else. They didn't want to get political with it, but it was too late. It was just a regularly scheduled word that just happened to coincide with all the the political kerfuffle that's going on down there. Do you think it was coincidence or or planned? I I think it was planned. I I don't know. It's it's interesting. Speaking of similar types of things, though, I still use Hurdle, which is basically the name that tune version of Wordle, and they are very on point with whatever's going on in the world. They had uh, some very specific songs from the the recent Grammy Awards. Basically, all the winners were sort of highlighted or spotlighted right after that, so it was very on point, and clearly they don't have the schedule six months in advance. They were just sort of doing it on the fly. Well, it looks like uh, the New York uh, Times got its uh, money's worth. John, I was just reading this week uh, that it's predicted that uh, podcasting is going to be a $4 billion industry a year over the next uh, few years or, or growing up to that, which is just phenomenal. Podcasts have just come so far, and they are a major source of uh, entertainment and, and news now. And uh, on the heels of uh, that uh, prediction, looks like Facebook Facebook is shutting down its podcast platform after less than a year. Because no one used it. <laughs> they say that they're simplifying their audio offering. I, I got to be honest, John, I, I didn't even remember that Facebook launched a, a podcast platform. No, nor did I. And we actually have a podcast. So you'd think we'd know about it. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's incredible the amount of money uh, being spent on on podcasts and and just some of the artists too, like Joe Rogan uh, and, and others. You know, literally getting hundred million dollar deals for their podcast. 
but just the sheer amount of advertising revenue going through there as well. Yeah. Well, and they're very inexpensive to produce too. Yeah, that, that's, that's true. Well, not to hire Joe Rogan to produce it, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're, yeah. it's not like you're shooting a feature film, right? Yeah. You're just having people talk and share their opinions. Not unlike what we're doing right now. Very much so. Uh, Xbox, they uh, have a, a game streaming device and TV app that could arrive soon. And it's interesting just how video gaming has evolved over the years, John. Like in the past, it was all about the console, like the Xbox console or the PlayStation or the Nintendo Switch or, or Wii. But it's all coming down to streaming now. Yeah, this is a really interesting development where the idea behind this is that you can go and get a um, a little stick, kind of like a like a Fire TV stick or something like that, and plug it into your TV, and basically that's your Xbox now because you're playing the games through the Xbox server, so you're streaming the game. All the heavy lifting as far as the graphical uh, prowess of the devices is all done remotely, and our internet speeds are such that there's very minimal lag with these types of games. And I think that's exciting, especially because like as the last generation of these consoles has proven, it's very hard to get these, these devices because they're sold out. The chip shortage made it really difficult for these companies like Microsoft and PlayStation to, uh, to make them and make them available to people. So people had to find other options and streaming is an easy way to do it. Doesn't require a lot of expense up front, which is great. You're just paying for a monthly uh, service. But we've seen some pretty good deals as far as overall experience with the Xbox Game Pass, for example. It's kind of like Netflix for video games, and you can play some pretty amazing titles without actually owning an Xbox. It, it's interesting, John. I, I we we've talked about this for a couple of years now, basically saying that. You know, the future is not around the console anymore. It's going to be built into whatever screen uh, or stick uh, that you'll be using, uh, and everything will be done through the cloud. And it looks like that reality is uh, basically here now. So Samsung looks like they're actually going to be building it into their 2022 TVs. They already have streaming services like Google Stadia and NVIDIA's GeForce Now. So uh, not a big surprise that uh, Xbox will be uh, be built into that uh, too. So uh interesting times and that's why like the big guys like sony and, and xbox microsoft have been buying all the game developers and the game publishers because that's where the money is it's in the actual content the games themselves absolutely yeah it'll be interesting to see basically this year e3 which would normally be when a lot of these companies would announce this type of stuff isn't happening and microsoft is going to have their own event sort of around the same time frame in, in in i think early to mid-june so we'll probably get a little bit more information then and maybe this will be something that we can actually uh get in get in on uh, before the end of the year do you remember that company that laid off uh a bunch of their workers over zoom yeah it was like a mortgage company wasn't it yeah and and how well that played out in in the news yeah. So Carvana <laughs> uh, decided to downsize as well, approximately 12% of their uh, workforce. And guess how they did it? Zoom, zoom, zoom. Can you imagine? Like, I just find that just so disrespectful. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in like in a mass, like probably all hands meeting or something like that too. Yeah. 
you should see some of the tweets. <laughs> uh, this one tweet here uh, from wannabe e-girl. Uh, F. Carvana, you just fired us in a Zoom meeting and said, have a good day at the end. <laughs> <laughs> that is just awful. Yeah. For those that don't know what Carvana is, it's a used car service that basically you buy it online and they deliver it to you. They have some pretty crazy ads about people getting cars delivered to their driveway. Uh, Starlink. Uh, they've got some new portability features that like that let you take their uh, system with you. So now Starlink customers can activate the portability feature from their account page uh, and this takes effect uh, immediately, but this would be great for people that uh, travel around like in RVs. I'm in an RV this weekend. This would be a great system to, to have. You should get a Starlink for your trailer. Yeah, that's the challenge. Like, you know, the campgrounds that I go to, they all have Wi-Fi, but is it? <laughs> it's It's not that good, typically. And especially if it starts raining out or, you know, come between... 6.30 and, and 9 at night when everyone is on Wi-Fi and watching Netflix, it just grinds to a halt. Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe you should uh, talk to Elon and get one and mount it on the top of your uh, Tesla. So there's actually a, an extra cost. So what is it, about 140 bucks a month now for the service? Yeah, and then you have to pay 30 bucks. I don't know if it's a month or is it a yearly fee for the portability option. Uh, they didn't say. It's, they said it's an additional thirty bucks, um, and it won't work if you are in a moving vehicle. It has to be stationary, right? But they don't say if it's thirty bucks outright, or I'm imagining it's probably monthly. That's pretty steep, though, and I get it. So you're basically getting satellite internet, and it's a convenience thing. But thirty bucks just to be able to like change your location what what is what is starlink actually doing for that 30 bucks a month other than updating a spreadsheet not much (laughs) okay we're gonna have to take a break we've got a lot more to talk about on the app show today we'll talk about the roger shaw merger could it be killed from the competition bureau we'll also talk about the crypto meltdown and coming up all the new google gear announced this week stay tuned you are back with the App Show. Mike and John here. It's it's Google time. They've had uh, their big announcements this week at the Google I.O. conference. It's kind of like their big Apple announcements, but Googler, Uh A lot of uh, software updates and also some hardware updates. You want to start with the hardware, John? What was uh, some of the highlights for you? Um, well, the big one uh, is probably the Google Pixel 6a was announced. Uh, this is their sort of mid-tier, uh, lower-cost smartphone, and it, uh, it's running their um, Tensor chip, and it's, uh, it's I think, uh, $449 US, so probably in the $600 range, $699 Canadian, something like that. Um, they also confirmed and announced that the Google Pixel Watch, this is the watch that was uh, a prototype was found in a bar recently. Uh, they confirmed that it exists and it is coming this fall. It's their version of the smartwatch. Um, and they also teased a few other things like the Pixel 7, the Pixel 7 Pro, 
and even a new tablet might be coming from Google as well. Well, they um, they say the watch, uh, like you're saying, it's got Fitbit integration. Uh, coming this fall with the Pixel 7, you think it'll actually come with a phone or just coming, releasing that? I think it's coming out that same time. Yeah. Uh, the Pixel 6a, which is coming sooner than that, uh, will not have a, an audio jack compared <laughs> to like the previous version. Well, and the, the previous version also, they, they did a two-minute ad about its headphone jack. Yeah. And, and how it's, you know, it's one of the last holdouts of headphone jacks. So um, the 6A does not have one. So I, I think that might be one of the last phones to have a, a headphone jack. Uh, Pixel Buds Pro, their competitor to the AirPods Pro, uh, will be 199 US. So probably about 2 250 279 Canadian depending how the wind blows. Uh, but these ones will have active noise cancellation. Yeah. Probably the coolest thing that they, they teased, and this isn't necessarily a product that's got a date or that it's actually coming soon, is some augmented reality glasses. And we've talked a lot about these types of devices, but this actually, I think, has a chance of actually being a legitimate reason for the average person to get a pair of these glasses if they are in fact coming out with it but they showed some prototype glasses that actually looked like actual glasses and the purpose behind them is not to show you your navigation or shopping opportunities in front of you in uh, in a virtual uh, layer on top of the actual real world um, this is basically they're, they're touting it as basically subtitles for the real world. So you can go and interact with somebody else in a different language and their language will be translated to your language on the display that you can see through these glasses. That is cool. That's kind of Star Trekky or yeah, almost I mean, Star Trekky. It's an extension of their Google Translate services, but they've found like I think a legitimately cool use case for augmented reality and this would be game changing for a lot of people whether you're um, trying to converse with someone in a different language or even just trying to uh, hear them better uh, the fact these glasses can display everything in real time in front of you so you're not looking at your phone while you're trying to have a conversation with the person that is in front of you you can actually see their words in front of your face and they look kind of normal which uh, I think is a big stumbling block in the past for a lot of these smart glasses. You know, I had the uh, the North glasses for a while yeah. before they bought were bought by Intel and they shut the whole thing down, <laughs> essentially. Um, but even then, John, uh, those North glasses, they had like a little heads-up display on them. It's still not ready for prime time. Like it's the, the display when you're looking at it on the, the glass lens, it, it's just so tiny. Yeah. Well, that was the same with the Google Glass that I had, still have actually. Um, it was a nice display, just very tiny, like thumbnail size. So, you know, obviously it doesn't need to be very big so you can see it, but it's not literally taking over the full frame of your vision uh, as far as uh, like an LCD screen would. They also announced a lot of uh, AI innovations, artificial intelligence innovations. If you've got one of their larger Google Nest Hub Maxes, uh, that's their digital assistant with the big screen and the camera. You don't have to use the wake up word anymore. You can just look at it and start talking to it. Uh, we chatted a little bit about this on our uh, sister show, John, uh, Get Connected. Uh, the feature kind of creeps you out. Yeah, 
you don't have to use the wake word anymore. You just sort of have to look at it. And I'm like, okay, I get that you're creating a profile of what my face looks like. And, but if I just like looking at the coffee maker beside the, the nest hub, um, anything I say will be captured and presumably actioned upon by that device. I like the fact that a wake word is what is actually the triggering device for those things to sort of perk up and pay attention. Well, it, it does have to recognize your face. So you're going to have to actually uh, authorize it. So whether it's just you or other members of the family, uh, it will have to have those faces inputted into the system. So it knows that it's you that will be talking to it. So I guess there's a little bit of uh, the privacy and security aspect uh, there as well. They also have a new uh, My Ad Center interface, a hub that lets users customize the types of ads they see by selecting from a range of topics. It, <laughs> I always find this kind of funny, John, because their entire business revolves around serving us ads. Like all these other little yeah. side things like the phones and the earbuds and the glasses, they're just like couch change to Google. Yeah, compared to their search engine business. Yeah. And search engine and ad business, I should say. Do you think, but, do you think Apple, hey, Google, Google wallets. Them, do you think Google or Apple has kind of forced them down this road with all the privacy things they've built in? Absolutely. I mean, Apple doesn't have an ad business to worry about. <laughs> Google does. So it's easy to attack the competitors uh, on this. Okay. We're going to have to take a break now here. Uh, coming up on the App Show after the break, we will be chatting about the Roger Shaw merger. The Competition Bureau has spoken, and they want to kill it. We'll uh, give you the details on that back after this. You're back with the program. I think uh, many of us have heard of the big uh, Rogers Shaw merger. It's been going on for months now since it was announced. Uh, it looks like the Competition Bureau here in Canada is uh, stepping up and wants to block it basically saying in an effort to protect Canadians from higher prices, poorer service quality and fewer choices, particularly in wireless services. Uh, the Bureau says it's requested a, an order from the competition tribunal to stop the Rogers Shaw merger from proceeding. It will also request an injunction to stop both Rogers and Shaw from closing the deal until the Bureau's application can be heard by the competition tribunal. Was this a surprise to you, John? No. <laughs> <laughs> This is exactly why a, a group like the Competition Bureau exists, is to, to, to help protect consumers from these types of activities. If you look at the landscape, uh, the big three, Rogers, Telus, and Bell, they control roughly 87% of all the Canadian subscribers out there when it comes to wireless. And, and we should point out, when we say the big three, you know, when you talk about sub-brands like Fido, Fido's owned by Rogers, Chatter, and Kudo, and all these other ones, they're all owned by one of the big three. It's their sub-brands. So there's really like six or seven brands total, but there's only three companies that are really sort of in competition with each other. Compared to that in the States where there's like probably dozens of different companies. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like I, I was kind of excited when Shaw got into the mobile space, uh, you know, purchased uh, Freedom Mobile uh, as well. I I have a, a second line that I use to kind of to to 
you know, try out different phones. You know, obviously we're tech journalists, so we get these things in all the time. And I have like one of their $0 plans. It's like the best thing ever. And I've got my parents on these $0 plans. They just talk and text. And you'd never see that from the big three, right? But Shaw, mm-hmm. Shaw's doing because they they want to be competitive. They want you to obviously sign up for their other services, which I don't have a problem with. Um, but that 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 kind of competition, I think, would disappear in this merger. Well, that that's what Rogers is hoping to do is to is to crush that and <laughs> and stop that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I mean they're they they said they're going to sell off the service, so I don't know if that will appease the the tribunal. Um. There's been a few suitors for it. The Aquilina Group, uh, you know, apparently is rumored to be one of them. So. I, I don't know if the competition bureau will be successful, John. If Roger sells it off, then what's the problem? Well, the the problem is, is that there's still three big companies and one tiny little guy. Yeah. Because don't forget the freedom part of the package. It's actually freedom slash shot is a fairly small piece of the bigger puzzle. And it's not available to everybody and it's not useful to everybody as, we, as we've talked before. Shaw and Freedom, the coverage is not as good as the big three because no. they haven't spent the money on those infrastructures that the big three do spend. So I understand that aspect of things, but the, the challenge is um, how are we ever going to get a fourth player if this fourth player keeps getting tossed around like a hot potato and never really gets a chance to thrive and survive uh, on its own, as opposed to being under the shadow of a bigger company. Do you think, John, that Canada is a big enough market to have four big players? Well, <laughs> as we've talked on the show before, it feels like we only have one player. It, it just depends on what name is on your bill, because the bills are all kind of the same. You know, the, there's not someone really stirring the pot, and that's really, I think, your point about the Shaw free plan, freedom, sort of uh, all-you-can-eat roaming and other uh, uh, data services uh, bundles and plans that they've had in the past. Those were very disruptive, I think, to the big three. And we need someone to sort of throw rocks at the Goliath all the time. It is interesting competition. I I would have to say it is a, a good thing. If you look at some of the other markets where there was like a fourth player and I'm looking specifically at like Saskatchewan with SaskTel, uh, Manitoba with uh, Manitoba Telecom, MTS back before, back before Bell acquired it. Uh, and also like Videotron in Quebec. And there is no question that the rates are all cheaper there. Yeah. And with Freedom Mobile and Shaw coming into that space, I think, you know, they've got just over 2 million subscribers I I feel that they have helped lower the prices. Absolutely. The the the, the challenge is they don't have the 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 deep pockets that the big guys have to really take it to a new level and um having like a really deep solid 5G network for example is really difficult and expensive to do. And company like Freedom or Shaw doesn't have the resources to do that. They don't have the subscribers to pay for it. And uh, going back to your question about can Canada support a fourth 
player. I think we need one. We need one, but I just don't ever see them getting any bigger than this current situation. It's not like we're all going to quit Telus or Rogers or Bell and go to Freedom or whatever it's going to be called when it's sold off. Um, it's just not practical. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they get their way. I, I got to be honest, John. I, I, I don't know if they have much to stand on because, like, Rogers is selling it off, essentially, and they can't, and they're not allowed to sell it, from my understanding, to like Bell or Telus. Right. Until later, because <laughs> <laughs> this is the problem. Like Public Mobile, remember Public Mobile? Yeah. I, I was on there and it was great. And then Telus bought it and then threatened to close it down. So I left and went to Kudo and then, and then I left and like, it's just this constant game that the consumer has to play to find the best deal. Well, we'll see what happens in the coming weeks. And uh, obviously here on the app show, we'll uh, keep you informed on uh, the details on that. We're going to have to take another break. When we come back, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You are back with the App Show. Mike and John here. If you've been following the news this past week, you might have seen that uh, crypto has been in freefall, cryptocurrencies. Bitcoin has taken a hit, Ethereum. Pretty well every major cryptocurrency has has cratered. And it's it's interesting, John, because a lot of these cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, you know, the dream was that they didn't follow the market trends, but... Uh, it, it seems that they really have. Uh, when the stock market started crashing, when the Fed uh, down in the U.S. Uh, started hiking interest rates, that caused, I think, a little bit of panic uh, in the stock market. As we've seen, tech stocks are down dramatically. I think like a trillion dollars has been wiped off of uh, market uh, value there. Investors, looks like they decided to dump all their cryptocurrency assets as well. Yeah. Well, it, the interesting thing, though, is there's a lot of people that are traditional investors that are now in the crypto space. So it's the same person panicking on both sides of the fence. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and unfortunately, like, um, you know, if, if you look at, uh, again, at all the major ones, a, a big concern though, was with these, um, these stable coins that have uh, emerged. Uh, these are cryptocurrency coins that are, are pegged uh, to, specific currencies like the US dollar for example uh, UST was uh, one of them and that was supposed to basically keep in check because uh, there's supposed to have been enough reserves I'm oversimplifying this uh, to keep it in line with the US dollar so that it didn't have major price swings and yet uh, UST uh, from the Terra network one of the the big stable coins out there uh, which was supposed to algorithmically uh, fix itself with any fluctuations, it cratered, like it crashed big time. They've been trying to hike it up again by you know pumping more money and more uh, Bitcoin reserves into it, but it it has been a bloodbath. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's why I've always treated my crypto endeavors like gambling. Yes, like like truly like buying a lottery ticket because. Um, like I, I just looked at my portfolio, which is very, very small, um, and it's down almost forty percent just in this past week. Uh, yeah, many of them are, are higher than that, like ninety percent. 
Yeah. It's it's insane. And this is just reverberating through the entire space. Uh, NFTs, which we've talked a lot about as well, um, sales of those across the different marketplaces have dropped dramatically. Yeah, apparently interest and transactions for NFTs have dropped like 92% in the last couple of months. And it, it basically just shows that there's a finite, I guess, appetite for this type of risk. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that are like, yeah, I'm done. and I'm going to go. And then as more people leave, the, the prices drop. So on the flip side of that, some people will say, well, now's the time to buy. But I, I, yeah, I guess it just depends on your, um, your aptitude and appetite for loss. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm interested to see when the recovery would start taking place for cryptocurrencies, because I, I think uh, there is a lot of risk aversion out there. Again, I'm not a finance guy by any stretch. And to your point, John, uh, you know, don't put your life savings into cryptocurrencies by any means, because it is, in, in most cases, kind of an unregulated marketplace. You know, the U.S. government and other governments are looking to regulate them, uh, especially things like the stable coins that we were talking about. Uh, but yeah. that doesn't seem like it's going to be happening as fast as I think a lot of governments would like it to. Maybe we might see that by the end of the year in the U.S., but uh, we're still waiting on, on news on that. Well, it's just a really messy time because as more eyes get interested into the crypto space, the more bureaucracy that comes and it kind of flies in the face of sort of the intent of what these decentralized currencies were always meant to be that, you know, the U S government should have no say in what the value of Bitcoin is, but yet here we are not directly, but indirectly. And then they're trying to regulate it. They're trying to tax it. They're trying to do all these things that they would do with the traditional uh, currency. And a lot of people that are at least initially got into the crypto space that was their game plan is to get away from that sort of uh, government controlled asset. Well, it looks like Bitcoin has literally lost half its uh, value. But as we've seen in the past, John, uh, eventually it, it, it has gone up again. So we'll just have to uh, wait and see what uh, that, that time frame uh, will be in the future. It's funny, Robin and I were talking about this earlier today, and he's like, oh, I thought Bitcoin was supposed to be a thing I just buy, forget about, and then 10 years, I'm a millionaire. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I, I think you just got to stop looking at the prices of uh, whatever cryptocurrency you have invested now. You know, good luck even trying to sell that uh, and just wait it out for years, essentially. Yep. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, more tech to talk here on the App Show. Stay tuned. You are back with The App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. Don't forget to listen to our sister show, Get Connected, uh, every week. It's on Saturdays across the Chorus Radio Network. If you didn't get a chance to check it out, it is available on all your favorite podcasting platforms and up uh, on our website as well, getconnectedmedia.com. John, cables. There's uh, basically two major cables in the smartphone world, uh, USB-C, that's most of the world uses, and uh, Apple with their lightning connector. But that might be coming to an end. One analyst claims that uh, Apple will be going USB-C 
by 2023. No surprise here. I mean, they've already switched the iPads over. Yeah. And their laptops are all USB-C. And we, we've talked about it in the past. The main reason that they've held out for this uh, lightning connector is because they make a lot of money licensing it to cable makers. That's why when you buy an iPhone cable compared to a USB-C cable, USB-C cable, they're always way more expensive. Yeah. Just to put it in context, my favorite cables right now are from Ikea. Ikea actually makes cables and sells them. And the USB-C to USB-C cable is typically about five bucks. The the uh, USB-C to lightning cable is typically about 15 bucks. And the main reason is because they have to pay Apple some licensing money for that. Yeah, that's actually a good indicator of an, of a good quality cable. Yes. Because they've actually got the made for iPhone branding on the packaging and they aren't $2 at the grocery or at the gas station. <laughs> have you bought those before? I have. And they always seem to work for like three days and then just die. No, I, 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 I have resisted those. Yeah, you, you kind of get what you pay for. So, yeah, it's it kind of sucks when you're in the store, like a like a London Drugs or a Staples, and you're looking at the two different types, and you're wondering why am I paying two to three times more for this Apple cable than like a USB C cable? Uh, again, it comes down to the licensing, but at the same time, you typically are getting that assurance that it's like the real deal, like it's not a crappy cable, and it's not going to burn your house down. I like that. I <laughs> I like when my house doesn't uh, burn down. But yeah, to your point, John, they have switched over m- most of their other devices. The, I think the only iPad left that still uses Lightning is like their their entry level model. Yeah. But anything in the iPad Air, iPad Mini, iPad Pro line is all USB C, and and they're doing that as well just because of the transfer rates, uh, from my understanding. Yeah, and I have to say because I have an iPad Air, then the newer model that is USB C, and yeah. It's great to be able to just use one cable to charge my MacBook, to charge my Android phones, to charge my iPad, charge my Nintendo Switch, like everything. Well, that's all the time we have left. I want to thank John and Robin who helped put the program together. Find out more about us at our website, getconnectedmedia.com. See you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.